What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. Today's episode is going to be a little bit of a blend here because I got some great feedback. Last episode, I asked you guys if you like the kind of life philosophy conversation, you know, directions for how to act like an adult or directions for not acting like an asshole, whatever you choose. Um, And you guys gave me some amazing feedback. So I want to kind of do a little bit of a blend where we stick to some quality nutrition, mindset, behavior change content while also incorporating some life lessons. Hopefully that works well. Um, Things are kind of interesting over here. I'm still in the midst of my cut and I wanted to share some some, uh, updates for you guys because I know that a lot of you are pursuing a similar goal right now. Uh, This seems to be a popular time to begin the whole fat loss phase. You know, just nicer weather is right around the corner and it seems like this is just a good time for uh, for cutting and being a little bit more intentional. My goal is for this to be the one and only cut that I do for the year. So I want to get to a certain place, certain level of leanness, and uh, maybe I'm going to do like a photo shoot or something like that just to have a target, and then that will be it for the rest of the year. That's my plan. Anyway, I wanted to share something that I know a lot of you will be able to appreciate. So cut has been going pretty well. I uh, started with like 3000 calories and was super consistent. Things started to move and then got a little bit stagnant. So we've been reducing calories since then. Um, I hit this like strong plateau right at 190. So I started like 193, 194, things started moving. And then like we hit 190 and we were just bouncing off that number. And so my coach cut my calories and, uh, we got below finally, and I'm talking like true plateau, like maybe hit that number like five, six times before finally getting beneath that. And then as it usually happens, like once you break through, things start moving. So I went from like 190, 189, 188, 187, and things were just flying. And then last week I had a work trip. So I weighed in right before I left to drive to Virginia where the work trip was happening, I was my lowest weight. It was like 187.6 or something like that. And I went last Friday through Monday and mostly made quality food choices. Uh, had a bunch of salads. Um, breakfast was usually just like an egg white omelet. And I would typically just get a side of fruit, ditch the potatoes. Like those are easy swaps. Like I love omelets. Doesn't it doesn't really make a difference for me taste-wise if it's an egg white omelet or a whole egg omelet. So um, I knew that there was going to be some dinners that were going to be less dialed in. So made better choices in the beginning of the day, you know, had some fun with, with dinner and had a couple of drinks um, one night. And anyway, the point is I came back and my weight was up two pounds, totally normal. Sometimes we tend to freak out about that. Like, did I just derail all of my progress? Well, here we are, not even five days. Like I got back Monday night, late Monday night. So I've had Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of being fully dialed in again. As of this morning, which is Friday morning, I'm recording right now, I was my lowest weight to date. 
So I weighed in at 187.4, which was lower than my previous low in like three days. And that's where we have to get out of the hyper attentive focus on the scale on a day-to-day basis. We have to zoom out and look at the trends over time. If you look at my chart and I post it to my stories, just to show you guys what this looks like, there's a lot of up and down. It's very rarely just down, down, down. It's a lot of up and down. But if you zoom out and you look at the chart as a whole, it kind of looks like a straight line going down. Now, if I were to get so like married to the day-to-day fluctuations, coming back from that trip, being up two pounds, I could sit there and say, oh, I just derailed all my progress. I gained fat back. You know, it doesn't happen like that. I made quality choices for the most part. It doesn't have to be perfect, but if you're close enough and you make some sacrifice, like I'm still able to enjoy myself, still able to have fun, still able to have a couple of drinks, but for the most part, making quality choices, getting close enough. And then here we go. Three days later, I'm back to a new low. And here's the reality. This is my life. I'm going to be traveling a lot. We travel a lot for work. Mel and I like to travel for fun. So I know that I have work trips coming up. We do these one day intensive with other intensives with other coaches. We um, have events like coaching con, which is coming up in April, by the way, if you don't have a ticket to coaching con, you should go get a ticket right now. Um, not only am I presenting, so if you want to hear me speak live, uh, you should get yourself a ticket, but I am the, the last reason why you should be going to coaching con. The speaker lineup is ridiculous. Ed Milet is speaking. Alex Hermosi is speaking. Um, Layla Hermosi is speaking. Billy Jean is speaking. He's a marketing genius. Um, John Berardi from Precision Nutrition is speaking. Uh, Jason Phillips, obviously, who's running the event, is speaking a lot. And he's somebody that you don't want to miss live either. If you don't have your ticket, look up Coaching Con or just message me directly and I'll get you hooked up. Um, I don't have any like, I don't have any discounts or anything, but you should just go because it's an amazing lineup of speakers. It's all weekend um, in April. I'll get you the exact dates, but just reach out to me. Let me know if you're interested, Uh, but that's not really the point. Anyway, this is my life. I'm going to be traveling. There's, There's stuff coming up that I have to be able to deal with real life situations. This is why it's so important that when you're on a plan, when you are doing this, that it is suitable to your life. We have to stop putting ourselves in these boxes where we are so restrained and restricted. We have to find a way of living that allows us to still pursue our goals while doing the things that are important. I like to travel. I like to travel for work. I like to travel for pleasure. So I have to deal with that. Like for me, being able to still pursue my goals and come back three days later and be a new low on the scale, that's huge. I need to, I had to to learn how to do that because that was something that eluded me for a really long time. Anyway, I just wanted to share because sometimes it helps to heal here like a real life example of it doesn't have to be perfect. There are certain things, certain sacrifices that you can make. But most importantly is like, just find a way that suits your lifestyle, be consistent overall, and also be intentional about when you do this. Because when you're trying to, to lose fat, if you're, if you're trying to pursue fat loss every day of the year, you're setting yourself up for failure. If you're trying to pursue fat loss half the year, you're probably setting yourself up for failure. 
if you do this properly, it should be targeted, it should be quick, and it should be efficient. Don't delay the process longer than it needs to be. You should be practicing real life more than you're practicing fat loss, if that makes sense. I don't care if you have 100 pounds to lose. It's even more important if you have 100 pounds to lose because I'm guessing that you don't want to gain that weight back. And you've probably lost and gained weight before. And it's a shitty feeling. And I know because I spent 10 years losing and gaining and losing and gaining. And I hated it. I hated every minute of it. I was miserable. I don't want to go back there. That's why you have to learn the behavior modification, the lifestyle change that has to happen to sustain those results. Build the life that supports what you want to accomplish and it will change everything. And then you'll get to a place where fat loss is once a year, if that. Ideally, you get to a place where you just live. You don't even have to pursue, but like, look, we, we have goals. Sometimes we get bored and we want to pursue something. Like, I don't have to be cutting right now. I just wanted to challenge myself. So I set a goal. I'm going to do it once for this year, probably do a photo shoot, and that'll be it. We always overcomplicate these things, and it's actually really simple. So anyway, that's not at all what we're talking about on this episode in general, but I just wanted to share that because I felt like it would help some people who might be going through something similar. Anyway, let me just remind you, if you enjoy the episode, I always love to hear feedback. Uh, It really means the world to me anytime I get a DM or message or whatever about the show and the impact that it's had. um, Or if on the flip side, you think it was terrible, I would appreciate that feedback as well. I'm okay because I dish out the the truth. I don't hold back. I I say how I feel. I, I keep it real. I expect the same thing in return. So if somebody messages me and they're like, hey, that episode kind of sucked, I'd be like, thank you. I appreciate the feedback. I would probably ask more questions like, what about it do you think sucked in particular? Because I want to get better. So I love the feedback. Just DM me if you have, if the episode resonated with you, um, or if you want to just share it, you can, of course, take a screenshot of the episode, then post it to your stories on Instagram and tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And as always, if you would be so kind to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes, again, only if you mean it, because I don't want any fake reviews. I want it to be real. I want you guys to tell me the truth. Um, If you like the show, leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes, and it will help us grow. So anyway, um, speaking of of like real talk and and speaking the truth, it's, it's really a difficult thing because oftentimes... When we are fully honest with people, the truth is the thing that they need to hear, but not necessarily what they want to hear. And that can present a little bit of a touchy subject or or a challenging situation to navigate because when you care about some somebody, you don't want to hurt them. You want to help them. And then there's this like dichotomy because sometimes we think helping them is telling them what they want to hear and avoiding what they need to hear. But in reality, that doesn't help them. But then it plays in your mind where you're like, well, shit, if I tell this person the truth, then they're going to hate me for being the asshole. I feel like that a lot. Sometimes I feel like the asshole who speaks the truth and says what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. But that's okay. I've been called an asshole plenty of times and it will still happen. I'm okay with that. Um, I remember for me, there's a situation that I've talked about on the show before. But uh, it was during my my chronic dieting days, and I went out to lunch. I, I can 
literally picture this scene as if it was yesterday. I could tell you the exact restaurant we were in, the exact table that we were sitting at, um, everything I could like paint this perfect picture of the whole scene. Um, I was having lunch with my sister, my oldest sister, who is seven years older than me. She is an eating disorder specialist. She's a therapist um, that specializes in eating disorders. So we were having lunch and we were having a nice time. And, and I literally order a salad with like grilled chicken. And I tell them like, don't cook the chicken in oil or butter. I tell them to like hold everything that's like any sort of calorie, <laughs> like hold no dressing. They're like, wait, you want dressing on the side? I'm like, nope. I want no dressing. I want no like cheese or croutons or anything. Like basically it was lettuce, grilled chicken, and like maybe some tomatoes and cucumbers, literally just the most boring salad in the world. And we're having this conversation and my sister's like, look, I, you know, I have to say something that I I really think is going to be tough to hear, but I care about you and I love you. And I want you to, uh, you know, just hear me out. And I'm like, oh shit. Okay. So she explains to me that she thinks I might be orthorexic. Now, if you don't know, orthorexic is an eating disorder where you are obsessed with clean eating and you feel like anything that's not quote unquote clean um, is like morally wrong. You won't do it. You won't eat any foods that are outside of your little clean eating list, whatever you create for yourself, that you have this, this idea of foods that are clean and there's this obsession with it. And I remember her telling me this and my reaction, like I like squirmed around in my chair. I felt like, why is she attacking me like this? And then I lashed out and I got really defensive and I'm like, I'm just trying to be healthy and fit. And I don't know why you can't support that. Like, why, why is it that me trying to make better food choices and be healthier and stronger is all of a sudden an eating disorder And I like rationalized, I justified, I I used every defense mechanism that I possibly could. And she dropped it right away because she's smart and and knows that I was not ready to absorb that information. She's like, let's just, you know, have a nice time. Don't worry about it. Like, I'm sorry I brought it up. And so I like, you know, there's that like feeling in your stomach when somebody hits you with like truth that you don't want to hear. And you've got that like pit in your stomach and it's almost hard to catch your breath. And sometimes you almost like shake a little bit. You got kind of the jitters. Um, I had that feeling, that uncomfortable feeling in my in the pit of my stomach for the rest of that lunch and even beyond that. And I just, man, it was it was rough. And but I I brushed it off. I brushed it off as an attack. Like, why is she coming at me? Why is it that trying to be healthier is is so bad? And like it didn't connect at all. In the meantime, I'm like. <laughs> basically ruining all of my relationships because of my obsession with food. You know, my, my marriage at the time was going to shit. I was ignoring my social life. I was telling friends that I was sick and couldn't hang out because I didn't want to go off plan. I didn't want to be around foods that weren't quote unquote clean. So all of this is happening while I'm sitting here getting angry that my sister was trying to help me. And I had to come to like this, this realization of, holy shit, she was hundred percent right. I have a problem and it's not healthy. Like, this is not what I want health to look like for me. This is not the life that I want to live. This is not who I want to be. And the hard part about that 
was the awareness of what was happening meant that I had to take action. I had to do something about it. And it felt like this massive mountain that I had to scale. I was like starting at the bottom of, of just like pulling my head out of my ass and being like, oh shit, I actually have to do something about this. Um, so eventually, you know, I, I overcame it and here we are today. But I think that that is a perfect illustration of why it's so difficult to tell somebody the truth when it's a harsh truth. And I'm sure my sister was nervous about that conversation, thinking like, how is he going to respond? But she knew that that was in my best interest. And I think sometimes we mistake being nice for being kind. When you're nice to somebody, typically it means you placate. You just pat them on the back and tell them nothing's wrong and that they're okay. Being nice is like you do something for someone. Right. Like they ask a question and you just give them the answer or they ask for something and you just give it to them. Like when when your kid asks you for something, instead of having them do it themselves and learn, you just do it or you just answer. That's being nice because you're like, well, I love my kid. I want to be nice to them. Being kind means you tell people what they need to hear, that you're radically honest with them. Kindness is when your kid says, you know, hey, I want to, can you make me uh, this whatever? Can you make me some macaroni and cheese? (laughs) Just throwing that out there. I don't know why that came to my mind. Like, hey, can you make me some mac and cheese? Being nice is like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Being kind is like, hey, why don't I teach you how to do this? Being kind is like, hey, let me show you how to do this so you can do it yourself. And they're like, oh, really? Like, I have to do this myself? You're like, yeah, absolutely. It's called life. Being kind is giving something, somebody what they need. It can be not answering the question. Like, I, I find this to be such a personal struggle for me because I coach other coaches in their businesses and I run my business. So we have clients all the time asking me questions. We have questions coming in in our challenge group chat all the time. I have people that reach out to me directly on Instagram and Facebook asking me random questions. I have my whole coaches network. And people ask and they're like, what do I do? And I struggle with this with just like telling them the answer versus having them like guiding them to figure it out themselves. And because I don't want to come across as an asshole, I actually do care what people think of me uh, to a certain extent. Certain people, I care what they think about me. So I don't want to be the, the one that's like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you how you can figure this out for yourself versus just answering the question. It's a, it's a, it's a challenge. Sometimes being kind comes across as being an asshole where it's like, you know what? No, I'm not going to do this for you. You're going to do it yourself. And then I'm going to help you along the way. Like sometimes people are like, shit. And then they'll, oftentimes what happens in that scenario is they'll just go ask somebody else the same question until they get somebody that just gives them an answer. The problem with that is now you're, you're abdicating responsibility onto other people, right? It's like if you were to send like a group uh, email, let's say you had a meeting and there was like 10 people in the meeting. And you send a, a, a message to all of them and you're like, hey, what time's the meeting? Like that's acting like an asshole. 
because now you've put the responsibility onto 10 other people. And now you put them in a position where they're like, okay, well, who's going to respond to this question? Right now they're all thinking like, well, there's nine other people that can respond to this. Am I going to be the one that answers or is somebody else going to answer? And then the person that does answer, what if it's not the right answer? Is it their fault? No, it's your fault because you put the responsibility on them instead of taking your own responsibility. So let's say there's a person that responded and was like, hey, the meeting time is in the calendar invite. Go look it up. That could come across as being an asshole, but it's actually the kind thing to do because it's teaching the person to utilize the resources that are available to them. Like, looking things up before you just immediately abdicate responsibility. Oftentimes when you don't get the answer and somebody tries to show you how to do this for yourself, you're like, yeah, it's too much work. I'm just going to ask the next, next person until I get an answer. But that's acting like an asshole because you're abdicating responsibility. And then when it doesn't go your way, you blame the person. Like, well, they gave me poor information. Well, you asked the wrong person and then you took their advice and then you did it and then you blame them like no take ownership it happens all the time it happens all the time it's like oh it was their fault because they told me to do this well you listened right you put the responsibility on somebody else and then you listened and followed their advice that's on you so it's a it's a tricky balance like i, I really do have a lot of a lot of um issues with it. I struggle with it. It's a, it's a tough dichotomy because I want to help people become better, but I don't want to be viewed as the person that's not helpful. Because what I fear is like, if I don't just answer this question directly, then they're just going to go and ask somebody else and get the answer that they want to hear, but not the answer that they need to hear. And that's especially dangerous in the fitness and nutrition space because There's too many people out there that are brilliant marketers and very manipulative who can make things sound really amazing. And there's a lot of fluff and there's a lot of misinformation. So I always struggle with that because I'm like, shit, if they go and ask somebody else, they're probably going to get some terrible information and it's going to send them down a bad path. I'm like, what if I just, I can just answer this one question. So I really struggle with it. But a lot of people in this space, they paint an unrealistic picture about what the process looks like. So what I wanted to do was keep it real with you because this is kind of like my therapy. Um, I can get it all out there and maybe a few people will call me an asshole, but maybe not to my face. So it's okay. And then there's some people that are like, holy shit, you just said the truth that I needed to hear. And then I'm like, okay, I know it's worth it. I know it's worth it to be kind I'm okay being the kind asshole. I don't want to be the person that's nice, that just placates, that just tells you what you want to hear. And then you end up in a bad spot and you're like, well, that wasn't very good. That wasn't very helpful. Right? I'm okay being the, the helpful, kind asshole versus the nice person that sets you up for failure. But that's just me. Anyway, so what I want to do is I want to go over five things, five pills that are tough to swallow when it comes to your fitness and nutrition journey. This is the stuff that most people don't want to tell you because they want to make it seem like it's all sunshine and rainbows because that's easier to sell. If I'm like, hey, guess what? There's this thing and it requires no effort. 
It requires no commitment. It's super fast. It's super simple. And you're going to get all of your results right away. Like, that's amazing. Sign me up for that. What is that? I want that thing. Versus, hey, I've got this thing and it's really slow and boring. And it takes a lot of work and commitment. And you're going to fail a lot along the way. And you're going to question yourself along the way. And you're going to wonder if things are ever going to change. And it's going to be slower than you want. And you're going to have to be really patient. Like, uh, that doesn't sound too good to me. But here we go again, getting back to, I'd rather be kind than nice. I'm not going to tell you that this process is going to be fast and easy. Now, I do think that we way overcomplicate things. So I will have that caveat in there, that things probably aren't as complicated as you are making them out to be. It can be really, really simple. But there's actually challenge in simple. Like simplicity is not easy just because it sounds like easy. It's not easy because what happens is it's really boring and it doesn't seem hardcore enough. We've been conditioned Like I just got this question the other day. Well, can I work out two times a day and will that help with fat loss? No, actually it would have the adverse effect. Doing more is just simply doing more. That doesn't necessarily mean moving you closer to where you want to be. More is not better. More is just more. So there's there's actually a challenge in simplicity because when things are very simple, you're like, well, am I doing enough? Should I be doing more? Let me add, let me add something else. Like, surely this is too simple. Let me add something else. And then what happens is the more things you add, the more you reduce your odds of success. So while I do think we overcomplicate things and they can actually be really simple, I also don't think that simple is easy. I think that simple is difficult because your brain is going to tell you this isn't happening fast enough. We need to do more. We need to do things more, more extreme. And so anyway, let's just get to it. Let's just rip the Band-Aid off. Five pills that are tough to swallow. Number one, all of your past dieting efforts have made dieting increasingly more difficult. Let me repeat that. All of your past dieting efforts have made dieting increasingly more difficult. That probably sucks to hear. It is 100% fact. Your body remembers, first of all, your metabolism remembers all of the extreme shit that you did that caused a negative adaptation. Your body does not want to go back there. That was a lot of stress on your system. You might still be doing it. I can't tell you how many people come to us eating 1,000, 1,200 calories per day, 1,300 calories, 1,400 calories, too many, too many to count. All of that, all that's doing is making it more difficult. Nothing else. That's all it's doing. It's making it more difficult. It's an extreme stress on your system. It's a psychological stress and it's a physiological stress. That's not good. Your metabolism is a stress barometer. It registers the inputs and outputs and the environment around it. And it adjusts accordingly because it's kind of like a thermostat. It's going to regulate up and down based off of the environment and the signals that are being sent. And when those signals are very low calories and extreme dieting, your metabolism will adjust accordingly. 
it will downregulate. Your sex hormones will downregulate. Cortisol will increase. Adrenaline will increase. Your immune system will be suppressed. It's not fun. Your thyroid. If you ever struggle with uh, your metabolism and you do things like this to your metabolism, you're impacting your thyroid because that's kind of like the metabolic thermostat. It's all connected. All of these things that you do to yourself, they have repercussions. It's not like you just get to decide, oh, you know what? I'm going to have a clean slate because I just decided I'm no longer going to do anything extreme. You know what? On Monday, I'm going to stop chronic dieting. It's not like all the decisions that you made up to that point just get wiped clean. That would be that would be beautiful if that were the case, but that's not reality. We are the product of all of the decisions that we made up to this point in time. There's a cumulative effect of all of those decisions. So let's say you are smart enough to be like, you know what? All of that restrictive bullshit is no longer for me. Great. That's a huge first step. But the minute that you try to go back there, your body remembers and it adapts quicker. So you hit a plateau quicker. You get stuck quicker. It's not fun. Nobody wants to tell you that. Nobody, everybody wants to make it seem like, oh, it's okay. All that shit that you did to yourself in the past, we're just going to wipe that clean in a day. No worries. Like, no, that has a lasting impact. Now, don't use that as an excuse because there's still plenty that you can do. The same way that your body adapted negatively, you can create a positive adaptation. It's just simply understanding the signals that you're sending. Are we sending the, the stress alert sing, signal like, uh-oh, there's not enough food coming in. We're over-exercising. We're not sleeping enough. We're really stressed the fuck out. Or are you sending the safety signal like, we're getting plenty of rest and recovery. We're getting plenty of energy coming in. We're getting plenty of nutrients. What signal are you sending? We can create positive adaptations in either way. But let's not pretend like your past dieting efforts have no impact on your current state because they do. Pill number two that's tough to swallow. Restoring your metabolism will not happen overnight. So this is kind of piggybacking off of point number one. Everybody wants to ask me, hey, how long is it going to take to go through a metabolic priming phase? I don't know. How long have you been dieting? What were your past dieting efforts like? What's your current situation look like? How much stress do you have in your life? What's your activity like? How much sleep are you getting? I wish that I could simply say it happens in two weeks. It happens in four weeks. It happens in 20 weeks. But the truth is, we have no idea. We have some people where they respond really quickly. That's not everybody. Everyone is different. For some people, it might be two months. For other people, it might be six months. For other people, it might be 12 months. Nobody wants to talk about that. Everybody wants to give you this false hope of, oh, hey, this is going to happen in like a week and we're good. No, you have to be willing to understand that you don't have a choice. I mean, you do have a choice. If you want to remain stuck, that's a choice. But if you actually want to do things the right way, if you actually want to get the weight off and sustain it, 
you have to repair homeostasis. You have to restore your metabolic function. You have to put yourself in a position to respond the way that you want to. When you get impatient and you try to rush the process, you're delaying the process. The tough pill to swallow is that you have to be willing to put in the time that it takes. In in what world is it logical to say that 10 years of chronic dieting can be undone in three months, right? Like just using that as an example. How is that rational? How is that logical? Yeah, you know what? I've been dieting my entire life. I've been trying to eat a thousand calories for the last like 20 fucking years, but I'd really like for you to prime my metabolism in a couple of weeks. No, it doesn't work that way. Like I said, you're a product of all of the decisions that you've made up until this point in time. So there's a lot that we can do to flip the script, but it takes time. It takes patience and it takes commitment. Or you just choose that you don't want it. Just choose to remain stuck. That's, that's also an option. Nobody's forcing you to change. You're doing this because you want to, hopefully. Hopefully, nobody's forcing you. Hopefully, nobody has a gun to your head and is telling you that you have to do this. This is a choice. So you either make the choice and do it the right way, or you keep struggling. That's really the two options. Tough pill number three, behavior modification is really fucking hard. Now, this is exactly what I was talking about when it comes to real change being simple, but also really boring. It's not going to happen very quickly. It's boring. It's slow. Understand the fact that you've got some deeply ingrained habits and tendencies that have developed over your entire life. You, you might have various connections to food that were started at childhood and have carried on through adulthood that you don't even know about. Coping mechanisms through food, using food as a stress relief, using food as an emotional coping mechanism, using food as comfort. There's, there's a lot of things that might have been ingrained in you from very long time, for a very long time. And you also have a lot of behavioral tendencies that you've developed over a long time. So are we going to assume that breaking those patterns and developing new patterns isn't going to be difficult or is going to happen very quickly? Again, like let's think about this logically. A lifetime of habits and tendencies First, we have to unlearn, and then we have to relearn. That's going to take time. Now, unfortunately, most people view this process as a complete overhaul. Like, Just think about what most programs, all the programs that you've done in the past, just think about them. Was it a gradual behavior modification type of thing? Or was it like, hey, here's what you need to do for the next 30 days. Here's what you need to do for the next 75 days, right? 75 hard, go work out two times a day, go read 10 pages, drink a gallon of water. Um, I don't even know, whatever the, be perfect on your nutrition, whatever the fuck their rules are. Is that gradual behavior modification or is that trying to overhaul everything at once? That's called overhauling everything at once, which is really ineffective for behavior change. So what happens? 75 days go by and then you're back to square one. All of your previous behaviors and ingrained habits and tendencies just come right back. 
because you didn't learn anything. You didn't actually go through the process of unlearning and relearning, of rewiring those patterns. You just tried to change everything all at once, which if you know how complex systems work, and by the way, the human body and metabolism is a complex system, complex systems work with a few things that need to go right. The more things that you add to that system, the more likely it is to fail. So when we're doing behavior modification, it's gradual. And it's like one to two things at a time because that's how complex systems work. It's not rocket science. It's just basics. You have to understand this. And there's a reason why 99% of people will take the 75 hard approach. I'm not picking on that program. It's just an example to highlight something where you change everything all at once. There's plenty of programs that do that, most of them. And there's a reason why 1% of people will actually modify their behavior and create the lifestyle that supports their goals. The path is simple. Most people won't take that path because the other path is way more exciting. It's this false premise of changing everything in such a short period of time. You're like, oh my God, really? I could do this in just 75 days? Uh, No, actually you cannot. You might be able to stick with it for 75 days, but you will learn nothing beyond that. And you'll default right back to where you were. And for those of you who have done the program, probably know, you're probably nodding along like, yep, that was me. I did it. And then nothing changed after that. The 1% who actually take the time to modify their behavior to create the lifestyle that supports their goals, they're the 1% because it's not easy. It takes a while. It's slow. Now, in the, in the end, it happens slower than anyone likes and faster than anyone can believe. Because when you take that approach and you compound it over years, all of a sudden, the results are unbelievable. But it's getting you to buy in to that process, to be, you know, to delaying gratification, which is the toughest thing for for humans to do. Delaying gratification is painful. So most people want the instant 75 days. Yeah, I could do anything for 75 days. Sign me up. Yeah, you can do anything for 75 days. You just can't do anything beyond that. There's a certain threshold where when you're trying to change everything all at once, you're going to revert. That's how humans work. If you understand behavior change, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. The problem is it's so appealing to hear that everything can be done in this short window, but it can't. So the the sooner that you swallow that pill and realize that, you know what, I should probably focus on a few things at a time, some basic habits, creating the lifestyle that I want that will support my goals, one to two things at a time, let that compound interest build and you'll be blown away. Tough pill number four. Many things in life won't be your fault, but everything is your responsibility. Just like I said, you know, taking, taking responsibility when you ask somebody for something and they give you the answer and then you listen and you don't get what you want out of it. Your instinct might be to blame them, but it's your responsibility. Even a situation that's totally not your fault, like you're sitting at a traffic light and somebody smashes the back of your car. Like that's a pretty open and closed case. Hitting somebody from behind, like you're sitting at a traffic light, it's red, 
you have nowhere to go. Somebody just rear ends you. That's their fault. But guess what? It's your responsibility. You still have to be the one that takes action from there. You couldn't control that other person, but you can control yourself. You have to take responsibility to get their insurance, to file the claim, to do whatever needs to be done to get your car fixed. That's all your responsibility. It sucks. Sure, it's their fault, but you still have to take ownership for the situation. No, you didn't create the situation, but it is still your responsibility to handle the situation. I'm so sick and tired of hearing people be like, oh, there was nothing to eat at work, so I ate pizza. Or like, I went to this work luncheon and all they provided was like burger and fries. And I'm so disgusted with myself. Like, no, just it's okay. It wasn't your fault that the options were what they were. Number one, take ownership for not pre-planning. Because I have to guess that you probably could have gotten some information beforehand. But even still, in that situation, you still have to own your choices. It's not like you were handcuffed and forced fed the pizza. You chose it. That's okay. That doesn't make it a bad decision. But just owning the decision itself is empowering. I chose to do this. Not this was the situation that I was a victim to. Do you understand the difference there? Like, oh, this was the only option, so I was forced to eat it. No, you weren't forced to do anything. You chose that option. It's okay. Just own it. Take responsibility. Whether it's a good decision, bad decision, it doesn't matter. Own it. Take responsibility. It's just pretending, like the issue is pretending like you had nothing, you couldn't do anything else, but, but you could. There's always going to be stuff that you can't control. Nobody's coming to save you. Nobody's coming to save you. You have to take responsibility and ownership. All of your decisions. Like when you look at life in general, most things in life we can't control. I can't control what any other person does. I can't control what the weather is going to be like tomorrow. I can't control, you know, there's a lot, like pretty much. Most of the things in life, probably like 99.9% of things in life, you can't control. But guess what? There's a lot that you can. You can always control your reaction. You can always control your actions. You can control your thoughts. You can control what you do. That's the biggest thing that you have to remember in any situation. It's, it's easier said than done. Trust me. I get frustrated as fuck when like a flight is delayed. Like, what can I do about it? I can't do anything about that, but I can control my reaction. I can control my response. We have to take that, that perspective of extreme ownership. And tough pill number five, your ability, your, I'm sorry, your inability, your inability to invest in yourself is likely the number one reason why you're still struggling. Your inability to invest in yourself is likely the number one reason you're still struggling. Now, before anybody starts talking to me about money, this doesn't have to be a financial conversation. Yes, it's important to financially invest in yourself. It is the greatest return on investment that has been proven over and over again. Investment in yourself is the greatest return that you will ever get. I'm not just talking about financial. Think outside the box. Think about other resources. Money is simply one resource. 
Time is another resource. How much time are you investing in yourself? Energy is another resource. How much energy are you investing in yourself? Attention is another resource. Your reputation is another resource. There are so many resources that we have available to us, but yet when I say invest in yourself, most most people think, oh, he just wants me to spend money. No, I want you to invest in yourself with all of the resources that you have available to you. Some people, that might be financial. Others, it might be time and energy and attention. It just depends on your situation. But your inability to invest is likely the number one reason why you're still struggling. Okay. Like I've had people where several months have gone by. They reached out, inquired about coaching, and they made the decision to stay the same. Then months go by and they reach out again. How have things how have things been going over the past several months? I'm I'm more frustrated than ever. I'm not where I want to be. I'm still struggling. God, are you ready to make the investment in yourself? Well, I was thinking that I I should do this on my own. I really think that I should do this on my own. Really? And what evidence do you have to support that? Haven't you been trying to do this on your own for the past several months and you're still frustrated? Yeah, but you know, I really feel like I should be able to do it. Okay, got it. So you're going to allow yourself to waste more time, to waste more energy, to waste more frustration, and to likely waste more money in the long run because you should be able to, quote, should be able to do this on your own. Am I hearing that right? Well, I don't know. I just, I feel like I should. Okay. How much longer do you want to struggle? Like, honest question. How much longer do you want to struggle? That's the question that you have to ask yourself. The more that you delay the investment in yourself, the more that you double down on your inability to invest in yourself, the more you're going to struggle. It sucks to hear it, but that's the truth. This is the kind asshole that tells you what you need to hear. Oh, I just need to think about it. Interesting. What haven't you thought about over the past several months that you've been struggling? Or how about the past several years? Because let's be honest. This isn't an overnight thing. You've been struggling for a really long time. How much more thinking do you need to do? The last time I checked, thinking doesn't stop the pain. Thinking doesn't end the frustration. Thinking doesn't get you to where you want to be. Action solves those things. So how much more thinking needs to happen? Or should we just fucking do it? Should we get over ourselves and stop pretending like doing it on your own is really even possible. Nobody does things on their own. We need people. It's much easier with people. All this self-made millionaire shit is bullshit. Nobody is self-made. Everybody had somebody. Nobody is self-made. We all need people. So can we just get over the facade that there's some heroic outcome of doing it on your own? Or maybe it's just pure ego, whatever it is, get over it. You have to invest in yourself if you want to get to where you want to be. Or ask yourself the question, how much longer do I want to struggle? And then that'll tell you when you're ready to invest. Yeah, you know what? I'm cool struggling for another six months. Okay, great. Then invest in six months and you'll realize that you just wasted another six months of your life. You probably wasted a lot more stress, energy, and frustration. And you probably wasted a lot more money in the long run. Cool. 
It's okay. That's the choice. Own it, right? Those are resources though. Time especially. Can't get that one back. Just swallow the pill. You're more important than whatever dollars you think you're saving. And let's be real. You're not actually saving those dollars. You're just spending them elsewhere. Like you are more important than that. You are worth the time and energy. You are worth the attention, the resources that you spend on yourself. You are worth those things. Or you can just keep doing 75 hard, eating 1,200 calories a day, and pretending like you should be able to do it on your own. At some point, the truth has to to hit you like it did with me when my sister delivered that, that comment at lunch. It took me a little while. But eventually I knew there was this nagging feeling in my gut. She was right all along. and It never went away until I finally had to open my eyes and be like, you know what? She's 100% right. And now I have to do something about it because I couldn't think it away. I had to take action. If you've got problems and you want to give your problems life, keep thinking about them. You want to give your, your problems oxygen, keep thinking about them. Breathe life into your problems. You want to starve your problems, take action. You want your problems to go away, take action. Starve them, take action. That's it. That's all I've got for you today. Hopefully that real talk will hit somebody and uh, that'll be the, the reality check that somebody needs. Hopefully just one person. That's all I hope for. Just one. If that's you, I would love to hear it. Hit me up. Let me know. And uh, I will talk to you guys very soon.